Welcome to the Fraudian Slip, the Identity Theft Resource Center's podcast where we talk about all things identity compromise, crime, and fraud that impact people and businesses. I'm James Lee, the COO of the ITRC, and thanks for joining us today. Now, normally on this podcast at this point, I would introduce a topic, a guest expert, and our CEO, Eva Velasquez. But this month, as we did last month, we're focusing on our own signature impact reports. In September, our CEO, Eva Velasquez, reviewed our consumer impact report that's based on information gathered from victims of identity crimes and how those events have affected them both financially, but more importantly, non-financially. This month, you have to listen to me talk about our companion publication to the consumer impact report, our business impact report, which looks at the effect of cyber crimes on small businesses, which I reviewed in a webinar. This is our second uh, iteration of the business impact report. Uh, and boy, what a difference one year can make in, in the trends. I think you're going to find some very interesting information here in just a second. Uh, there's a lot of uh, good news, positive outcomes in this report, but there's also some things we need to we need to pay attention to, and that they are they are actually trends that we see generally across all sectors and all categories of individuals. So both uh, consumers, businesses, government, uh, uh, academic institutions, and, and other and other enterprises. Uh, so just a quick reminder about who the ITRC is. We are a nonprofit. Uh, we are here to primarily assist the victims of identity crimes. We provide free victim support. We also uh, obviously do research and work with uh, other organizations around educating individuals, educating government, um, uh, educating uh, educational institutions, uh, small businesses, uh, and, and communities in general about identity crimes and the components of those crimes. So hopefully we can ultimately reduce the number of identity crimes overall. In this year's report, um, we uh, surveyed two populations, uh, just about 500 individuals responded. Um, we did a general survey, which included most of the questions that we uh, asked last year with a few new questions added in. And we also did a very specific survey around social media account takeover, because that is a very broad trend that we're seeing overall right now. Uh, this particular survey this year reflects in large part the views of true small businesses, 10 or fewer employees. In fact, 17% within that number are solopreneurs. So we also then have an, a pretty even distribution around the rest of the categories of employ employers, so 11 to 50, employees, 51 to 200, and then capping out at 500 employees, which is the definition that the Small Business Administration uses. Um, those people who went on to respond to the social media survey, uh, that's a more evenly uh, distributed response uh, set, but it does skew a little bit toward organizations who are then in that 11 to 50 employee range. Most of the people who responded to this were uh, either uh, the business owner or a partner, a principal in that organization, both for the general survey and in particular, the social media survey. But there are also a, a good representation of uh, executives in these same organizations. So this is uh, the opinions reflected of very, very senior people, including the business owners and partners themselves. 
So let's talk about what it is that we found uh, in this year's survey. And I should also point out that when I say this year's, it's, this, it's, it's the reporting year. The actual reporting period spans the latter part of 2021 through the middle of 2022. So overall, here's what we saw. That security and data protections, the landscape overall has improved in this report. There were fewer victims and fewer large financial losses with one area of an exception, and that is this idea of social media account takeovers, where 50% of the organizations responding to this survey said their social media accounts were taken over, and 87% of those did lose revenue. So that's a, that's a very significant trend. But the overall trend is fewer victims, fewer financial losses. And then also what we see is a very high level of confidence that businesses are better prepared today to respond in the event of a cyber attack uh, or a data breach or both. So a lot of confidence out there right now in the ranks of small businesses. And that's a uniform across all those size sectors. So from the very smallest all the way to the, to the largest of the uh, organizations. But here's the caveat because you knew there was gonna be one, right? that uh, what we're also seeing is along with strong investment in improving cybersecurity, improving training, but only for narrow bands when it comes to training. So training the IT staff itself, but actually we're seeing reduction in spending on the training for general employees. And that comes at a time when we are seeing business email compromise, which is a subset of phishing, be the single most common attack vector against small and large businesses. Um, phishing is the number one cause of data breaches across all sectors, across um, all size organizations. So a reduction in the number of trainings for general employees at a time when we're seeing high levels of business email compromise and general phishing, a little bit counterintuitive. And lastly, it's a little early to tell if these are going to be long-term trends or is this just a moment in time? Uh, there's a lot of reasons why it could be both. So we're gonna have to watch this to see, but for right now, we're seeing some very positive things. So let's keep moving forward and, and look at what those are. Uh, so first of all, when you compare 2021's report to 2022's, you see there is a significant reduction across the board in reported data breaches and security breaches people who have suffered through both, and then obviously people who had none. So last year we were looking at a majority of organizations had experienced a data breach, a security breach, or both. This year, the majority is people who, and organizations who had experienced none of those. So now we have 55% of the people uh, who responded to the survey saying their organization did not suffer a data breach, a security breach, or both. So that's a very clear improvement and that's very important. Uh, and it's, it's a good news too. Um, what we've seen about how many times if you did have a data breach. So a big jump in one time data breaches. Um, but that's against the overall background of fewer people being breached, but there were more of the people who did go through a data breach or security uh, security breach you know, this was their first time. So we're seeing a big number of first time, but overall the trend is slight reduction for people who have said that they have been uh, a victim of a breach two times, 
just you know one percentage point. Uh, but then we begin to see a significant reduction year over year as we go into the higher levels of how many times, three times, four more times. Although it's counterintuitive to say, it's good news to see that that first time has, has gone up to 43%, but given that the overall number of data breaches were down, that's, a, that's a, a, actually a, a good number for us. So good trend line here. Okay, what were the root cause of most recent breaches? This is very busy. So let me, let me point out some things here. So what we have seen though, is in terms of root causes, a big jump in external threat actors. We know that's primarily gonna be from phishing. Uh, so big jump there. Here's a big jump too, remote workers. We actually didn't see as much uh, of a threat caused by uh, remote workers in the previous time period when people were getting uh, first used to working from home. When you had a high number of work from home uh, teams, now you have fewer people working from home. They're also more complacent because they've been doing it long enough and they're very comfortable in doing it. So we're beginning to see some bad habits enter into their work, uh, their work habits. The result of that though is we're seeing this big increase in data breaches caused by lax uh, home cybersecurity, if you will. Also seeing here a big jump on third-party vendors. This is very consistent with what we see overall in terms of data breaches caused as by supply chain attacks, where uh, a threat actor will go for a smaller organization where that can uh, give them access to the information of multiple companies or allow them to get up to a much larger organization. So here you're seeing this 10 percentage point increase in third-party vendor data breaches. That's a big number. And small businesses will always be a key target for people who are trying to commit a, a, a third-party vendor or a supply chain attack. So that's a significant increase in the root cause of a data breach. But we are, we're also seeing a big jump in human error, just people making mistakes. Um, now, not a lot of information about why that might be. It does not correlate to other trends we are seeing in larger organizations or across sectors. But within small business, we're seeing this jump from 5% to 21%, 5% in 2021, 21% in 22 as the root cause of a data breach is human error. So that's something we need to, to explore a little bit more about and find out more about why that is. Ransomware attacks are up in small business, not necessarily surprising because small businesses have not always been the target for ransomware. They are perceived as being an easy target because their security protocols are less. So we are seeing a, a bit of an uptick in ransomware attacks. That is uh, not consistent with what we're seeing overall, only because ransomware attacks are down this year for a couple of reasons, including the uh, the conflict in Ukraine and the disruption of the cyber security, uh, uh, cryptocurrency markets. A couple of bright spots here. One, the number of malicious insider data breaches, uh, the, those have gone down year over year. And also it, we're seeing a continued trend downward on people failing to secure a cloud environment. A few years ago, that was a big deal. Now we've kind of gotten into the habit of, oh yeah, we need to put a password on our cloud too. So uh, we're seeing improvements there. What is all this costing uh, organizations when they do have a, a security breach or a data breach or both? 
So again, we're seeing some improvements here. Now, again, it's counterintuitive to say that when you go from 31% to 43% in terms of uh, money lost in the first category, that being less than $250,000, but that's what we're seeing. That's actually good news because that means, although more people are, lo are losing less than 250,000, that means they're not losing more than that. And it also, when we take it into consideration that we're having fewer people victims become victims, so this is actually a very good trend. So we're, we're having fewer people victimized and then they are paying less money than they were you know, over time. Look at what we're seeing in these higher uh, categories though, from 250,000 to, uh, to $500,000 in losses, that reduced from 44% to 38% this year. For those organizations losing 500,000 to a million, went from 16% down to 14%. So a good trend line there. And then those organizations uh, losing more than a million dollars, it's flat year over year. How did you address the impacts of the breach? Question we asked. A couple of more things also to point out here. One is a big jump in the use of cyber insurance proceeds. Uh, so more people taking out cyber insurance and using the proceeds to cover their losses. So from 29% last year to 40% in this report. Uh, let's also look at the loans or new lines of credit. So people using less new credit, that's a good thing. So it's a, not a big reduction, but it is a reduction. 36 to 33%, 36 last year, 33% this year. So seeing less credit being used to cover costs, also a very good thing. Headcount reductions, also down. Last year, we saw 15% of organizations saying they were cutting their, their employee complement to cover the cost of a data breach or a security breach. Now that's only 12% in this report. So that's a good number. Um, there, uh, the, also the use of cash reserves, it did increase by one percentage point. That's not bad. Uh, and we also saw people using more of their existing lines of credit, not obviously uh, the most ideal situation, but it's still better than taking out new credit. So uh, that's how people are paying for the cost of these, these events. How long did it take? 35% said that they returned to their normal operation level within a year. So that's a big improvement. After that, it's pretty much, uh, it's still uh, dropping. So although it folks that took one to two years to recover only went from 42% last year to 41% this year, when you get down to some of these other years, it's a bigger jump. So for those people, people who are taking three to five years to recover, that was 28% last year. Now you're talking about you know, 19% in this report. There are some folks who still have not fully recovered. It was 7% in 2021. It's only 4% in 2022. So we are seeing improvements here, meaning people are getting back to their normal levels of operation faster than they have historically. Did you suffer any of the, these particular kinds of losses? Um, loss of customer trust. Now, this is not something we have tracked historically. We will track it from here on out. But so this is the first year we've got these numbers. So 28% said, yes, they lost the trust of their uh, customer customers. 46% lost revenue. Not surprising. 24% saw a regrettable turnover in their employees. That's also consistent with what we see in other sectors and in other size organizations. Here's something that's very interesting, that uh, in small businesses, they had difficulty understanding what occurred, what happened to them, and why did it happen? So 41%, more than a third, didn't really understand what happened to them. 
They also had difficulty responding to their customers when they were when customers asked, you know, what happened, what's going on. Only 28% said, or I'm sorry, not only, but 28%, they couldn't really respond to that. They had difficulty doing so. Um, they also had difficulty finding affordable solutions to, to recover. So that's just short of 20% in that category. And then uh, there are some who had difficulty either obtaining or renewing cyber insurance. And then there are some people who had other issues that uh, were not related to that. So there's a wide variety of issues that the small businesses are addressing. They are consistent, though, with what you see in larger organizations, with the exceptions of this part about difficulty in understanding what happened and the difficulty in finding affordable solutions. Uh, what steps have now these organizations taken to prevent future data breaches or security breaches? Here you see the trend lines. We're talking about new security tools, big jump, 47% to 56% this year. New training for IT staff, 44%, 48% this year. I'm going to skip over and talk about the other issues. Additional security staff, same amount, 34%, just a little over a third of organizations adding new security personnel this year and last year. So that's 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 a great investment. Uh, additional security in the budget beyond personnel. Uh, still seeing steady increases, a, a two percentage point increase year over year in that category. Increased vendor due diligence also up slightly. That's certainly an area we would suggest people should pay a lot of attention to because of the rise, and we saw that number a minute ago, the rise in the number of these supply chain attacks, these third party vendor attacks. Now I'm gonna go back up and talk about non, new training for non-IT staff, because this is the one where we see a little bit of trouble. Because remember what well, we said that the number one root cause of a data breach today across all sectors, all sized organizations is phishing, in particular business email compromise. That usually is caused by non-IT staff not because of a failure of, of, of a process, of a, of a product, of a tool, of something that the IT staff did. Generally, these are general employees who click on a link that they shouldn't, or they give away information that they shouldn't. And that is all, um, you, you, the way you compensate for that is through training. But we're seeing here a reduction in training dollars for non-IT staff, going from 35% of organizations in 2021 who said they were investing in, in training for the non-IT staff down to 28% this year. So that's something that we would certainly encourage organizations to look toward uh, as they're trying to beef up their cybersecurity and prevent uh, them becoming a victim of a cyber attack or of a data breach. Um, here's that part about they're, they're confident because of the investments we just saw, because of their more knowledgeable uh, maybe they're a little more experienced at this point. 70% of the people who responded to the survey said that they are prepared in their business to defend against a cyber attack or to recover from a data breach. That's a very strong number. And obviously that means 30% said, no, they're not prepared. And that's a big number. So um, there's both good news and bad news in that number. Now let's talk about this account social media account takeover. This is something that we see um, in consumer, uh, we, we identified this trend in our consumer impact report where we talked to both victims who contact the ITRC and general consumers and identified the very same trend. A more than a thousand percent increase over the last year 
in terms of people's social media accounts being taken over. Because of that, we wanted to also look at, well, is that same phenomenon occurring within small businesses? Because there are so many small businesses which also, in, in many respects, look like individuals and certainly small groups. So here's what we saw. Half, 50% of the small businesses said that they lost control of one or more of their social media accounts to a cyber criminal. And in doing so, they lost revenue. So 87% of them said that they lost revenue as a result of that takeover. And only 13% said that they did not. The meta-owned platforms are far and away the most common that are compromised. Instagram is the, is the, the leader in that, followed by uh, Facebook. So Instagram at 38% of all of these account takeovers coming in within that, 31% are Facebook. And then the fall off uh, from there, YouTube is the only other platform that is in the double digits at 11%. The rest are all single digits. LinkedIn, TikTok, WhatsApp, Snapchat, and, and Google Voice. They lost a significant amount of revenue, those who had the account takeover. Um, it's about a third, when you calculate this out, there's about a third that lost between $1,000 and $10,000. That's a big chunk of money for any organization. Um, you, and you did have 5% who are saying, that they lost more than $10,000. So that's a significant hit to the revenue stream of these organizations um, who are generating revenue. It may not be their only source of revenue, but it is a significant source of revenue that they're losing control of for a period of time. What happens when the criminals do take over these accounts? Well, they continue to operate the account. They continue to post to the account. They reach out to customers. They collect the revenue that is coming in through this stream and they divert it into their own accounts. Uh, so 50% of the organizations who lost control said that the, 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 the criminals continue to post new messages, that they, uh, another 38% that they contacted their followers and they perpetrated the very same scam on their followers that they did on the company overall. And in 11% of the cases, they actually captured revenue that was intended for the business. Um, this is one of the areas where we diverge a little bit from the consumer trend. So on the small business side, most of the organizations are able to recover their account. Now, on the consumer side, 70% of people who reported that their, so, their, their social media account was taken over, 70% of them could not get control of that account again. They just had, to, just had to shut it down and start all over. We're not seeing that on the business side. We're all seeing virtually uh, uh, all of the organizations are able to recover within 30 days. They get their account back within 30 days. Now, that's a lot of mischief. That's a lot of revenue in 30 days period of time but they do uh, or are able to go ahead and recover. We do see some people who cannot recover it, but that number is, a, in, is 7% compared to the 70% for consumers. And then, um, or I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's unresolved or 7%. The ones who cannot recover is only 4%, but that's still 4% of those organizations can't recover that. They have to start all over again 
that can be a significant impact on a small business. What is the primary cause? We talked about this a second ago a little bit, and it's human error in a variety of ways. You know, 45% because somebody clicked on a phishing link. Um, a little over half, 51%, someone responded to a direct message and either clicked on the link in the direct message or they gave information around uh, out about a credential or some information that allowed them to take over the account. Uh, 45%, they shared credentials with somebody that they thought was a friend. Because that's, that's the, the whole nature of this kind of a scam is you think you're dealing with someone you know when in fact you are not. Um, just short of 30%, it was somebody they shared credentials with somebody they thought was a potential customer. And then there were 15% who just didn't know what actually caused uh, the account takeover. Social media has become such an important part of every business strategy and every business model. Any level of disruption is impactful. And it can be, depending on the size of the organization and how you're using it, it can be very impactful. And it has a lot of impacts not necessarily reflected in these words, but it also has impacts on the emotion of the individuals. It has, uh, it has uh, impacts beyond just the financial. So uh, this is something that we're going to pay more attention to, and we're all going to see more of this going forward as social media continues to be an, a, a very important source of revenue for organizations and increasingly for individuals. So that's the highlights. So we certainly encourage everyone to go to our website, uh, idtheftcenter.org, and download the full report. You'll see all this information plus a lot more, and you'll see all of the individual breakouts uh, on each of the questions in the, in the surveys and all the responses. So idtheftcenter.org forward slash publications, and you can download, download that report, and we would certainly... Um, uh, appreciate you you doing that and hope you find it informative. And I guarantee you we'll be back here the same time next year doing this all over again. If you think you've been the victim of an identity crime or you want to avoid becoming a victim, you can speak with one of our expert advisors on the phone. You can chat live on the web or send us an email during our normal business hours. Just visit us at that website, idtheftcenter.org. Be sure to join us next week for our sister podcast, The Weekly Breach Breakdown. But until then, Thanks for listening.